we find ourselves in a large theater at the launch event for a brand new piece of state-of-the-art technology. On stage is a very confident-looking man. He's wearing a t-shirt and a blazer and talking about some of the success that his company has had in the past. He mentions things like targeted strikes and technology that gives them the ability to separate the good guys from the bad guys. It's a big deal, he says, but we have something much bigger. Suddenly, a small drone flies towards the man, circling around him center stage, mid-air. Your kids probably have one of these, right? He continues, pointing at the drone and shaking his head. Not quite. He goes on to tell the audience that inside of this tiny drone are three grams of explosives. And when coupled with tactical sensors and facial recognition, it becomes an incredibly deadly weapon. And this, he says, is how it works. Off to the side of the stage is a life-sized mannequin. And with a sudden burst of energy, the drone flies straight towards it, hitting the mannequin directly in the middle of its forehead, exploding on impact. Did you see that? The man asks excitedly. That little bang is enough to penetrate the skull and destroy the contents. The crowd gasps, realizing that if that mannequin were a person, it would now be dead, murdered by a highly efficient AI-controlled drone. That scene was from a short film I saw recently on YouTube called Slaughterbots. It was produced as a collaboration between a professor at Berkeley and an organization called the Future of Life Institute. It's an institute that exists to warn people about the dangers of advanced AI. As the film continues, the technology gets leaked online, and rather than eliminate bad guys, it falls into the hands of the bad guys and becomes a new tool of terrorism. And given that the film was produced to warn us about the potential dangers of AI, you can imagine it doesn't have a happy ending. It's actually terrifying. And for a short film, it started some pretty big conversations. It got a ton of attention when it was released, and it's since been watched nearly 3 million times. And if you do watch it, and I would encourage you to, it's hard not to be rattled by what you see. Not only is the thought of a tiny AI-controlled drone acting as an assassin enough to make me lose a ton of sleep, these are tiny AI assassin drones that can be hacked. And that is completely terrifying. Slaughterbots got us thinking. Now, we knew that we probably wouldn't be able to put a killer drone through one of our hacking tests, but what we could do is test their commercially available drone cousins, the kind of drones you can buy at any big box electronics store. And these days, it seems that everyone I know either has a drone or wants one, and I definitely fall into the category of wanting one, and I really want one. But before I go out and drop a ton of money on a brand new drone, I'm curious about how safe they actually are. We're about to find out. Welcome to Hackable, an original podcast from McAfee. This computer is on the job around the clock in case of attack. Their principal target is you. The design is complete. But will it work? Shake hands with danger. I'm Jeff Siskin, and I'm joined, as always, with Bruce Snell, cybersecurity expert. Hello, Bruce. Hello, Jeff. How are you today? I'm good. You are wearing a hacker hoodie today, which you don't <laughs> normally... You're looking extra hackery-ish. 
and I have to, there's something that's very intimidating. It's it's well, it's a little chilly today, and also I kind of felt like I was letting you down a little bit. I wonder if that's why hackers wear the hoodie is maybe they are just cold people. Yeah, no, I mean, because you think about it, like you know, you you have a lot of hackers who are kind of skinny, and it's harder to stay warm. So. Today, we are talking about drones. Uh-huh. And in a few minutes, I'm getting a cool experience where I'm getting to travel to Johns Hopkins University. And I've never been to Johns Hopkins. I've never been to Baltimore. I know, it's totally fancy. Where they, at Johns Hopkins, in one of their labs, they have figured out a bunch of different ways to hack drones. And these are like commercial level drones. Uh-huh. So first of all, I'm excited to go to Johns Hopkins. Second of right. all, I'm totally excited to be able to fly a bunch of cool drones. Yeah, for sure. Do you get to fly them? I get to fly them. Oh, that's fantastic. So one of the killer apps for drones that could certainly mean a bazillion more drones flying around our airspace sure. is this idea of all of our Amazon packages and you know other things being delivered by drones. I have a hard time thinking that we're close. I don't know. What is that? What do you think? I'm excited about that because, I mean, you think about Amazon, they're, one of the things they're trying to do is have these delivery centers located as, you know, around large geographic or metropolitan areas, right? So we have a, we have one that's maybe a 20, 25 minute drive from our house is a large, you know, central depository where a lot of packages go out from. So, I mean, in the future, that could potentially be a, a drone port, right? Where they're just delivering to the areas. So then, you know, is it conceivable that in the future there's just, in any metropolitan area, there's going to be thousands of drones buzzing around? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I want to play you uh, a story, Bruce. Okay. And this is a story about uh, air travel. Uh And there haven't been a lot of cases yet to truly back up my fear that that a drone can take down a plane. Uh We did find one, however. We had to go all the way to New Zealand for the story. And talk to a guy named Rod Vaughn, okay. who was flying a plane. He was the pilot of a plane uh-huh. where this happened, where a drone took down his plane. Not only is it amazing to find a story of a drone that I took down a plane, but it's amazing to talk to a guy who survived a plane yeah. crash. So our story producer, Pedro Mendez, spoke with Rod Vaughn, and uh, I want to play that for you now. It was a lovely day in New Zealand for some sightseeing. Rod Vaughn and his son Richard were flying his small Foxbat airplane over a large open goal mine. While his son took pictures, the two of them were having a pleasant father-son chat. And uh, as we were flying over the gold mine at a height of about probably 1,500 feet, the windscreen just blew out. There was a deafening sound. It was just a, you know, a, a roar of air just entering the aircraft and, and you, know, you couldn't hear yourself think. And then in a very short order after that, the doors on either side of the aircraft blew off. And at that stage, I literally thought the airplane was disintegrating around me. But the plane held together, and thankfully, the engine was still working. Rod knew he had to act fast, very fast. I spotted um, in the distance, probably about five kilometers away, a cluster of about three fields. And I just locked my eyes onto that, and I never took my eyes off that paddock for one moment. Miraculously, Rod made it over a high hedge and felt the plane hit the ground. But he and his son weren't out of trouble yet. And then suddenly, and this often happens with the Lyra planes, the propeller dug in and we tipped on our back upside down and came to a graunching halt. Um, And uh, left dangling upside down in our harness. And uh, I sort of shouted to Richard, you know, get out of here as quickly as you can because I was afraid that the fuel tanks, which were in the wing, 
might have been ruptured and fuel might have leaked into the engine and, you know, we could have been incinerated. Richard quickly undid his harness and climbed out, but it wasn't so easy for Rod, who was still hanging upside down in the wreckage. I had blood pouring from my head and I, I, was, I was literally blinded. I had my eyes were full of blood and I just had to fumble around with my harness and it took me forever, it seemed, to get out of there. But he did. Again, miraculously, there were no broken bones or serious injuries, apart from the gash in Rod's head. But what had caused the windshield to shatter in the first place? Uh, the most likely scenario that went through my head was a bird strike, but I quickly ruled it out was because with bird strikes, there's always feathers, there would be blood, there would be bone, there would be all sorts of telltale evidence. There was none of that. Rod also considered the very unlikely scenario that someone on the ground took a pot shot at his plane with a rifle. But again, there was no evidence of a bullet strike. And it was only a little bit later when I learned that the area over which we were flying, the Waihi gold mine, was an area that was subject to a lot of drone activity. When I looked at the pattern of damage on the windscreen, there was a big gash which was really taken out through the centre section of the windscreen from uh, one side to the other. Uh, It became clear to me that it was quite possible that a drone could have been flying at right angles to our flight path, hit and bounced off the windscreen, causing all the plexiglass to, to fall out out of the plane. After the accident, there was an investigation by local authorities that determined there was not enough evidence to point to a specific cause. Regardless, Rod is convinced. To me, some foreign object struck that that windscreen and the most likely cause was a drone. So after this harrowing incident, does Rod still take his plane for joy rides around the New Zealand countryside? I'm not going to let this thing beat me. And in fact, as soon as I was well enough, and as soon as uh, the right day presented itself, I went back flying again. Uh, it's taught me quite a few lessons. It's, it's demonstrated that you know uh, I, I can do a forced landing if I have to. Uh, so in one sense, it's given me a little bit of confidence. In another sense, it's probably taken away a bit of confidence as well, but it's all balanced out. So that was Pedro Mendez talking with Rod Vaughn, who uh, survived a plane crash, which is amazing and gives me hope as someone who's afraid to fly. <laughs> I always feel, I always feel there always is a moment where uh, it's really when we're going through the clouds uh-huh. and it starts to get shaky. Those are the moments I always like. Oh, we're really high up. You know, the older I get, the younger is the pilots look, and I just. <laughs> <laughs> so, with all of that in mind. I'm actually about to board a plane and where I'm going to pray that everything will be fine. And um, I'm traveling to Johns Hopkins University where I'm going to meet with Professor Lanyer Watkins, who's done a ton of interesting work on drone vulnerability. And he's told us that not only will I be able to fly a bunch of super cool drones, but that uh, he and his team will be able to hack those same drones mid-air, all of which will probably make the flight back all that more terrifying. <laughs> I'm, I'm really jealous of you to fly all those cool, cool drones, though. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll take pictures. I'll send them to you. <laughs> nice. So, Professor, we're out in the, what looks like the, I guess, a quad or something at the Johns Hopkins University. Yes, this is the greens in front of Malone Hall here at the Johns Hopkins University. Um, I have my colleague here. Um, I'll let Joe introduce himself. My name is Joe Kerrigan. I'm a senior security engineer here at the Johns Hopkins University Information Security Institute, and I am the licensed pilot to comply with FAA Regulation 107. 
So, I don't know what Regulation 107 is, but I'm gathering you're the guy that's got to be around. I have so, to be here. So that we can fly this When thing. we fly the drones, that's correct. Okay. I'm the remote pilot in command. Okay, very good. And you are? I'm Harsimar Bagga. I'm a graduate student in Information Security Institute under Dr. Watkins. Okay. Yep. And, uh, and you study drones along with Dr. Watkins? Yes. So, uh, in our class last semester, we hacked one of these drones as our class project. And now I'm working with Dr. Watkins to hack the autonomous functions in these drones. Fun. That's awesome. Yes. Okay, well, I'm very excited to get to get going on this. Your student uh, right now is, uh, there's a couple of big cinder blocks on the lawn, and he's tying a rope through them? Yep, so they're using that as a tether. So when we first started doing a lot of work here, this guy here just sort of turned into a zombie. It was only probably about a little bit, probably like seven feet above um, above the ground, and it was sort of floating around campus. <laughs> so, okay, so it's, it's your, you, have a, you have them on a leash? Yes, essentially you have them on a leash. Okay, excellent. It's really beautiful here. Yeah. I, and I always want to describe this because we're on a podcast, but it, it's like you're, it's a very stereotypical university quad of like a beautiful, beautiful university. So this is a, a lovely day. It's a lovely, I'm, I'm excited to fly today. So we're out here at this beautiful space in uh, Johns Hopkins University. Beside me on a cart are three super cool looking drones. And then on the ground beside that is your, what I assume, is your hacker laptop. Essentially. Okay. So what, what happens here, we found these vulnerabilities and we're using, and we're essentially weaponizing those vulnerabilities to produce a counter drone tool. Okay. So in other words, um, you're going to be a drone operator, you know, you're going to be flying contraband over the prison wall or what have you and so this tool is going to try to stop you from doing that so i have a giant white controller with a phone attached to it and i can currently see the grass i guess that's the camera that, is that, that's the camera on the front of the on the bottom of the drone okay so i am going to hit takeoff oh and it's it's starting up okay so now now can i control it with these controllers you, you can yes it's kind of windy out here today whoa really we have the tethering okay. system <laughs> okay, so I'm, I'm bringing it up. Oh, this is fun. All right, you're doing good, Jeff. Thank you. Okay, so it's it's straight up in the air. All right. This is cool. Okay, I'm going to, can I you do sure some stunt moves? you never done this before? Whoa. Okay, it's flying around me. Okay, I'm totally controlling it. This is awesome. Can you see video on your smartphone oh, there? Oh, guys, I shouldn't just look up at the drone. So, yes, I'm seeing it's, it's, uh, it's, it's shooting video, or at least I'm seeing what the camera's seeing. Do you want to try landing it now? Yes, okay, so I will try landing it. Uh, so I just hit... So I think I just hit this button to land, this, this uh, yeah, arrow. Button. Oh, it says you're disconnected. Oh, it says I'm disconnected. So that's oh. a side effect of the attack. Okay, so, so the attack has started, and so, oh, but I can still control it, but I can't see anything. Right, you're flying blind. I'm flying, oh, I'm flying blind because I can't see the camera anymore. Thankfully, I can see the drone, but I guess if the right. tether wasn't there. Yes. And one more thing is that you cannot now land it. Okay, so if I hit, so there's an automatic landing, and if I hit it, nothing. Because the phone is disconnected. So even if you try, it won't work. So you have to manually able to see and land it. Okay. We're in flight. Okay, so now we have connection again. So so just to to, to recap, so I'm flying this, I'm over the Grand Canyon. Yes. I'm looking, I'm seeing video, I'm having a great time, and I am having a good time. This is super (laughs) fun. And suddenly the evil hacker with with his or her hacker laptop takes it over, knocks my video out, and assumably if I'm deep over the Grand Canyon, 
I can no longer see where I am, and I'm flying blind and not able to. These these have an automatic return home function. So technically, you 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 haven't lost control. Yeah. So it's not going to try to return home. There is functionality there on the smartphone that would allow for that, but since the attack disabled that, you would have to manually bring this guy back from over, you know, the Grand Canyon back to safety. Okay. Okay. So it's coming down. No, it's not coming down. Or maybe it is. It's coming down very, very slowly. Huh, okay. So we have some other targets for you as well. Okay, well, let's, let's, let's keep playing. I'm having fun. This is great. Sounds good. So we want to quickly demonstrate the ability to sever the, the tie between the controller and the drone itself. So this is the lowest lowest end we have. Now the great advantage of this one is that it the cost is low because you don't have to pay for a controller because it is controlled by your phone and it has a Wi-Fi hotspot on board the drone. Okay. This one looks more like a robot. <laughs> I think this one has a cooler look to it. Yeah, it definitely has a cool look to it. It's incredibly easy to fly as well. It is. It's 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 remarkably easy to fly. All right. So I am I am staring at a uh, I guess I, I'm looking at it. Uh, the view on the cell phone, so it's more grass. I'm seeing the camera. Correct. I'm a couple of feet away from it. Um, yep. I'm gonna hit take off. No. Oh, there we go. Okay, this is cool. Now you can fly it. Okay, so I'm gonna go up. I think. Right, that's forward. Oh, no, I'm going forward. Okay. <laughs> Try a little bit higher if you can. It, the controls are different from the other from the other drone, so they're not really standard across these different platforms. Now, now we're gonna go ahead and, and launch the attack. Okay, so I I am up high. Oh, this is one. It's fun to fly too. The attack is already taken. Oh, not connected. Oh, so that. So now you really feel the impact of, of the attack because you can't, um, you can't do anything. I can't do anything, and my screen—it almost looks like an old static television. Oh, and the drone just fell out of the sky. <laughs> right on cue. <laughs> right on cue. So what? What? What happened there? What? What? <laughs> so, so essentially, what's happening here with this particular attack? There's no need for the, for the attack laptop to join the network at all. So essentially, what it's doing. It is identifying the access point uh, of the drone, identifying the channel that it's broadcasting on, and then it sends a management frame sort of code, if you will, that says reset all of your connections. And, okay. and when it resets all of the connections, you lose your connection, and then you can't fly anymore. And could, could you have flown it, or does it just sever the connections in? You could, you could. But uh, the, could the, the attacker have flown it? There's, a, yeah. there's this notion of, of having someone else sort of hijack it. To recap where we are so far, so with your, the, the first attack, I flew it up in the air, and and I was I you blocked my video, right. and I and I sort of lost control, and I was flying blind, and ultimately couldn't return home until, right, you know, you let me know what was happening. <laughs> we, we reconnected. With the second one, you severed my connection completely. Yes. So the drone, if I was doing this over the Grand Canyon. Then you'd be screwed. You'd be screwed because it would just it just basically hover over the Grand Canyon right. until it ran out of batteries. If it runs out of battery life, that that is exactly what would happen. Okay. Okay, and now we have the third one, which is the the mother of all drones. The father. The father of all drones. What do you what do you what do you call this one? Darth Vader. This is Darth Vader, which comes in a giant black, scary-looking box. So. Can't you hear the music? <laughs> okay, so this third drone is uh, it's bigger than the other ones. Is it the biggest one you have? It is probably, no. it is pro it's larger. Okay. This is probably one carrying your Amazon package. Okay, okay. And the setup here is a little bit different as well. If you notice, it has a controller, it has a dedicated controller. Yeah. Very similar to the to the other one. But this dedicated controller uses Wi-Fi. Okay. So this is a pure Wi-Fi channel between the controller and the drone itself. So this hack will 
will, will completely disconnect that controller from this drone. And when that happens, it puts on a show. Okay. <laughs> okay. Excellent. Okay. So I see there's a giant green button that says fly. With yeah, am I yeah, guessing? That, that's right. That's the that's the uh, that's how easy this thing is to fly. It's like you know, like the Harrier jump jet on the Simpsons. You just push the big fly button. Oh, and I see in the screen it says hold fly to start motor. So I I didn't. Yeah. I, and I think the battery on this guy is good, right? Yes. This so is so we'll let battery. Jeff have a little fun okay, before okay. we we take All right, his fun. So I'm away. gonna hit the green button that says fly. Oh, oh, hold it! Hold it down. Oh, okay. All right. Okay, the motors have started. Okay, so now do I just use these yeah, joysticks? This is, this is going to be your altitude over here. Okay, so on let's, the left-hand side. Okay, so let me try this. I'm going to go up. Woo! This has power. Okay, this is very satisfying to do. Okay, now it's high in the air, and thankfully right. you have the tether. Yeah, it's probably as high as you can go. Okay. So now I'm going to use this other one. See if you can move move that way some. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. You're getting it. Okay, this is kind of awesome. So now I'm flying all over the lawn at uh, John's Hopkins. So let University. us know when you want us to. Yeah, before you before you have us attack it, bring it down to about a middle out altitude. Okay. Whoa. <laughs> okay, I was a little close to you. I apologize, Professor. It's okay. Right, let's uh, let's get it maybe to uh, the center. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Okay. You're doing good, Jeff. Thank you. <laughs> All right. I appreciate your charity. Okay, so is that a good height? We're sort of yeah. mid mid height. Yep, yep. Okay. So this is you trying to deliver a package. Trying with to the deliver drone. a package right under me. Yes. So we're gonna start the hack now. Okay. So the hack is started. It's still just hovering. Oh no! Now I'm not controlling it, and it is taking off. It's trying to fly back oh, it's home trying to, now. It's just gone way up, and now it's. Yep. It's, it's very dramatic. It's desperately. <laughs> thankfully, there's a tether here because it's. It's like my dog when I take it for a walk, and it's trying, and it doesn't know how to walk. It's desperately trying to get away. Right. So I. Oh, that's. So I have totally, and if I try to control it, nothing yep. happens. You're out of the loop. So I've totally, and it says controller signal lost, which would mean exactly what it says. Um, and so I can't control it. You've taken control, and what what could you do with this control? So so it has entered. Fly, fly, uh, or fly, fly home mode, and so essentially what it's going to do now is trying to go really high in case there are like wires or, or some sort of debris or what have you, or obstacles, and then it's going to go over, over and down. So it it will eventually come down. and It will eventually land. If I was trying to use this drone for a actual purpose, you've right. taken you've taken that Take ability that away from me. Away from me. Yep. Thus the counter counter um, the counter drone tool. Okay. <laughs> It is as as drones get to a point where they become more functional. This really would be a problem. Like, you know, it's one thing just to you know play around in my backyard, right, and lose control and have to go down the street and find it. But if right, if this was delivering aid or food or packages or whatever, exactly. So that particular tool that's running on the app on the laptop itself. It's a culmination of a couple of years of work. So like I said before, we started out by just sort of hacking these devices just to prove to vendors that they didn't do a good job of cybersecurity. But um, as sort of scenarios have evolved, this notion of a counter drone tool is something that is, there's a great need for because drones are in places that they shouldn't be. And so what we've done here is we've identified some particular vulnerabilities that are hard to patch. Um, I've even had one vendor to send an email back saying we're not going to patch this vulnerability. And since they're not going to patch this vulnerability, 
This is the type of vulnerability that we can weaponize and use as a tool to stop these particular drones in their in their you know stop them cold in in in, in place. All right. Well, I want to thank you guys so much. I had fun flying, but I'm also slightly terrified. So that's the mission <laughs> mission accomplished. Good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm back with Bruce Snell, cybersecurity expert. Bruce, I have returned from Johns Hopkins University uh, on a plane that did not smack into somebody's randomly hacked drone uh, on the way. And I was very thankful for that. I got to fly a lot of cool drones, which Uh was awesome. I got to see a lot of drone hacks. It really feels like this is a thing. And certainly these people at Johns Hopkins they're not stopping. Like they're, you know, they have a bunch of stuff that they have in the works now, but just couldn't tell me about because they haven't finished their research. Uh-huh. And I have a feeling that they haven't told the companies yet. And they have right. a, a responsible disclosure. so they're being disclosure. responsible. Responsible disclosure, yeah. Exactly. But, but you know, the stuff they were able to show me was still pretty enlightening. Like it, it uh-huh. feels like if we're at a point where there are thousands or tens of thousands of these, you know, flying around a city like New York delivering Amazon packages, uh-huh. If the security is not locked down, that could be a problem. Well, I mean, yeah, especially when you start looking at deliveries, right? There is, there's, as you mentioned, the the weaponization element, right? Where you could just have drones drop, dropping out of the sky into the middle of a crowded street or something. But then there's also just the pure theft, right? I mean, if something's yes. being delivered by drone, <laughs> it's probably worth the hacker's time to intercept it, you know, if you see one flying by. So if I want a drone, and I do... Uh-huh. But I don't want it to get hacked. Can I do anything? What what can I do to protect me and my drone and the world from evil hackers? You know, I think the the biggest thing is to do some research ahead of time, right? Okay. Because um, there were a, a few companies that I was looking at where there's a whole community of users who have taken it upon themselves to actually release patches and release fixes for bugs that were shipping or for, you know, open ports or things that could be taken over by hackers. Um, so do some research to see if there's, you know, a community out there that is released, you know, security patches. Um, I mean, obviously that's after you check to make sure that the manufacturer has released any security updates for the, for the drone. Um, but again, it kind of goes back to my, you know, one of my standard security practices, which is make sure you update the software. And is this software like your app or is this software on the 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 thing that flies the drone itself? It's it's probably going to be both. Oh, okay. Right? Because there's going to be, there may be issues in the app itself. Uh, but then also, you know, you're, you'll have to update your fir- the firmware on the drone. Um, and so sure. I guess it's one of those things, and I don't know if I'm alone on this, but I always have a blind spot when it comes to updating things that don't look like computers. No, it's tough. And, you know, it's funny because I was actually just yesterday installing an update for my camera, but not just the camera, the lens had a firmware update that had to be done. Okay. So I think we've hit this point where a lot of devices that we wouldn't necessarily think of as computing devices need to be updated. Okay, so just so I have this all in my head before I go out and impulsively spend thousands of dollars on a drone I really can't justify to buy, (laughs) I should do my research and see if there's a community out there that's been looking into these things to see if there's any patches, I guess, or threats to any of these drones. 
And then the other big thing that I wouldn't have thought of, because I seem to have this blind spot towards things that don't look like computers mm-hmm. needing to be updated, but I should update my drone software. Yeah. And whether that means going to the manufacturer's website and seeing whether there are any updates to, to install, uh, I should make a habit of doing that if they're not automatically done by the right. device. Right, absolutely. Okay. I'm not going to buy one now because uh, I, really, I really can't justify it. And what would I actually do with a drone? But, right. Um, they are so much fun to fly. And maybe I'm going to sit on the on the sidelines for a while and wait for the 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 mother of all drones to come out right. for 500 that, bucks. That, that and, then, and then I'm going to do it. Hits all the right spots, right? Hits all the right spots. Uh, super easy to fly. And super and cheap. <laughs> maybe it'll never happen. But it, but I'm I'm going to hold out hope. <laughs> that's that's a right. good plan. I Thank support you. it. Thank you, Bruce. All right. Thanks, Jeff. I'm Jeff Siskin, and you've been listening to Hackable, an original podcast from McAfee. If you're curious to see what that hack looked like at Johns Hopkins University, head on over to our website at hackablepodcast.com, where we have a ton of photographs of this beautiful space and these awesome drones that I got to fly, which was a crazy amount of fun. So again, that's hackablepodcast.com, and you can check that all out there. And we'll be back in two weeks with a brand new episode. Until then, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.